Good evening, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. Pastor Toby. Chocolates is back. <laughs> and I'm the water boy. I can finally say that uh, without making a mistake. Man, I just you know, I just feel more at peace. Me too. <laughs> the world is missed you guys. Now, now we can talk about inflation today. We could do that. We could. We, we could talk about the DC public school system. We just can't get. We're just stuck. They're stuck. They got to make sure everyone's vaccinated. <laughs> we can talk. There's all this stuff we talk about. <sighs> Bunch but of stories. Twitter. Yeah. Trending. Um, Jesus is God. Oh, so, wow. so we're gonna we're gonna have to we have to hit that. That's a late, that's like, one of those God softballs that comes right up. <laughs> and you just you're just you're just ready now. But we also got Dr. Kaiser coming up for a great interview on. Um, come on, come on, my brothers on theonomy. We're gonna convince you. We're excited about no, Dr. Not. Kaiser oh. coming up. Are, are we gonna? Are we not? No, no. Okay. It is. Right. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> hey guys, Fight Life Feast is coming up. Woo! Fight Life Feast conference is under two months away, Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. October 6th through the 8th. Listen up, you don't want to miss this. We kick off the festivities with beer and psalms. Then we get to hear from the likes of George Gilder, mm. Jared Longshore, Pastor Doug Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel. I'm going to be giving the opening talk. Yes. And even more than that, look, hang out with some rowdy Christians, meet new friends, mm. learn about God-fearing businesses, enjoy Christian fellowship, and get your baby baptized. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to be doing those. Really. Who, who wrote <laughs> Maybe when you go home. You know? I, I, I mean, okay. you know, well, yeah, right. <laughs> You're missing out if you don't come. Also, save some moolah by signing up for a club membership. Nice. Go to fightlaughfeast.com, sign up for a club membership. You get $100 off and register for the conference with that sweet club discount. <laughs> <laughs> so come fellowship, sing psalms, and celebrate with us in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. And you know, remember the theme, lies, propaganda, storytelling. And um, the serrated edge. Can you say things like Megan Bashan's going to be there? Yep, Megan okay. Bashan. We're doing a live <laughs> is it, show with is it Megan Bashan. Basham? Basham. 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 Okay, Basham. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Megan. G- Gabe's been correcting and, uh, me. Uh, yeah, Megan I, Basham. I talked to Jason Whitlock. Oh, uh oh. He's coming. Is he? Yeah, for he's sure. Com- he's coming. That's what he said. But you just told he's me to said, email him. He didn't. No, no. He's, he didn't. We're just going to we're just going to name it and claim it right here. Jason Whitlock is going to do the live show with us and Megan Basham. Megan Basham. That's right. Do we have a title for that yet? Lies in journalism, but we we can probably come up with something better on that. Yeah, right. So I'm excited about that. Man, since Twitter has decided to hoist a pulpit onto the main stage, it only seems fitting to. To preach? We, we preach. They put up a pulpit. Which we intended do. to do in the first place. When 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 Twitter trends, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Jesus is God. Right. Okay. And then You're like, what are we gonna talk about? And then <laughs> what should we talk about? Only guys? God gave us a topic. <laughs> I, I, I literally I came in the studio today and I said, Knox, we're gonna talk about inflation. Yep. We're gonna talk yep. about the DC public school thing. And Knox is like, No, did you see Twitter? Yeah. yeah. It's talking Jesus about, is God is trending. Then we're going to talk about Jesus being God. And, and I think part of the part of the thing that uh, I think happened these last two years with the whole COVID insanity is everyone has gotten so wound tight. Mm. Um, did you see the uh, uh, our uh, four star general of the military who's been vaccinated four times? He's the one that goes around wearing that shield. Is he still doing that? Yeah. He, well, I don't know if he's still doing it anymore, but he got COVID tw- uh, second time again. Mm. Yeah, you know, but everyone's probably from that shield. Every, <laughs> Because it all just stu- stuck right there. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone has is, is gotten, I think, so backed into a corner about how to get away from all these COVID measures. Because we haven't been listening to God's word. Yeah, We haven't been obeying God. We yeah. instituted all these legalistic six feet, 
you know, staying six feet apart, wear a mask, you know, get vaccinated five times kind of policies. We've, we've, we're like this cat that has climbed up this tree and we're stuck. And we don't know, we, like, no one's there. We don't know how to back down. We don't know how to get away from where we're at in this corner. D.C. Public Schools just this last week um, said, you know, we're, we're going to require everyone come back to school to be vaccinated. And one of the reporters at the, at the meeting said, you know, um, 40% of your um, kids, uh, 40% of the black kids that go to your schools aren't vaccinated. Mm. And, and she didn't even know how to really respond to the question. She just ignored the data. The data came from her district. It was data from her district. And so now we're we're kind of stuck, yeah. Because we haven't been listening to God's word, we're stuck right here in in where we're at. I think you know the more that I've you know I've had a little time to think since I've been off for a little bit, and I've mm-hmm. found I've been talking with Jason Farley and been thinking through this. I've I've started thinking about we have lost track of the beginning of the story. We yeah. have lost track mm-hmm. of because I think being in the fight, sometimes you forget what's your objective, what's the goal, what's happening, where are you supposed to be at, and we've kind of lost track and we start fighting battles that really aren't the right battle or we don't understand where we are in the battle. And I think we need to go right back to the beginning. God made the world. He made men to be stewards of that world, Jesus to rule over that world. Back to the beginning. Right back to the yeah. beginning. Jesus is God, right? In the beginning and was the was word. word. The word was with God. The word was, was God. God. All things, all things yeah. were made by okay. him, right? Right. right? We have to remember that because yeah. when we're talking about Jesus being God or we're talking about inflation, we're talking about what does God have to say about this? Right. It is his world. He's the one who's designed how we're to engage his world and to treat people in his world. And if we are starting with that standard first— yeah. Then we don't know how to answer the well, question. What do we do with these other things? Well, yeah, you, that's the st- you have to have a standard, right? You have to have a, a a board. You have to have something, an anchor. You have to have a foundation. You have to have something that holds everything else up. Otherwise, yeah. you're just it's just confetti. Yeah, and I and I think when we talk about politics and we're talking about um, how to deal with each other socially, yeah. what, what we're really talking about is how has God designed for men to engage with each other. Right. right. And everybody's trying to make yeah. a claim on that. Yeah. What, what were the original factory settings? Right. <laughs> That's a good one. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, like yeah. What, what, yeah. What, is, what is the optimal settings yeah. for humanity's flourishing? That's right. And of course, we're reckoning with the reality of sin. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so all, all of our conversations about politics, about FBI rating Mar a Lago, legislation, uh, about yeah. you know, how many IRS agents we need, about yeah. you know, Zero. all of this stuff, it only makes it's only worth talking about it all. Yeah. Um, if we believe that there actually is an original factory setting, that's yeah. there actually is optimal settings for human flourishing yeah. right. and that sin can actually get dealt with. And, yeah, and that's right. In that process, when God made the world, made it perfect. Right. Designed that way with man in the, at the front of it. Guard, protect. Right. Man sinned, lost that authority. And Christ, when he came into the world, he reestablished that authority for man. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can forget. We cannot forget about the genesis of this, mm-hmm. because when Christ comes and he reestablishes the authority for man dying for sin, he creates a whole new humanity. Right. That then is able to be even better than the garden. Right. Than it was supposed to be. And just like the garden there, it wasn't it wasn't fully um Observed. It wasn't fully taken in. It took. It was going to take time. Dominion for had, had dominion. The guard to in, permeate yep. the rest was, of society. It was perfect. It was perfect, but it wasn't done. It wasn't. Thank you. This is the thing that um, actually Genesis one sets us up really wonderfully because you actually have you know God comes and He makes light, yep. separates yep. from darkness, and says this yep. is good. And He comes back the next day, and and and, it, and we think as human beings like it's good. So God, you have something good. Don't touch it. <laughs> 
Don't touch it. It's not how he thinks. If it's not broken, don't fix it. But God's like, no, no, no. Let's separate the waters from above and the waters below. Let's let's make heaven. You're like, okay, leave it. Don't touch it. And he comes back and says, no, let's separate the waters from the dry land. Let's make plants. Okay, but but don't. Then he's like, no, no, let's do birds. Let's do fish. That's good. Scotch and Dr. Pepper. And then. No, okay, that, we aren't there yet. We aren't there. That's coming later. I don't know if it comes. Um, <laughs> then you've got animals <laughs> and you've got men. And, and, yeah. and again, but it's like this every day you've got good. And then it's like, oh, some more good. Yeah. Yes. Good. Some more good. Yeah. And, and then, then you got, you got man, the woman. You got, you got the, the, you got the man, my wife. Man alone is not good. That's right. Then man with woman. And then it's all very good. That's yeah. right. But that's a picture of what God intends to do with this whole world. That's right. Um, sin wrecks it, sin slows it down, sin inhibits the work. But our job, Adam's job, was to see that and say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm made in God's image. Yeah. I'm going to take what he's made, it's good, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make it better. That's yeah. right. He's going to take it from glory to glory. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Jesus that's came. Right. Jesus came to take the curse so that we could get back to work. That's right. That's and, that's, right. and that's the thing that many Christians forget. Christians understand that Jesus came to take the curse. Yes. And, and, and he's, I'm, I'm born again or whatever. And then it's like, but now what? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Get back to work. And so when we think, when we're looking at what's been happening since the resurrection, since the resurrection is almost like that's the new garden. (laughs) The new garden is being worked on. The new garden, the pursuit of the world is now back on track so that the beauty of what was created in the garden can shine forth. And The the world's getting worse, David. Uh, Did you not hear what he just said? (laughs) Jesus Jesus died from the dead. And rose from the dead, defeating the devil. The the actual promise from the garden happened. And it has implications for how we think and do everything in society. So while every society is trying to figure out what to do with sin, the best place to figure out what to do with sin is in the cross, Mm -hmm. is when the resurrection of Christ. And then you look at the governments that God has established and say, well, how do each of these governments apply the reality of the resurrection and the law of God to society? And just to connect dots for people, the connection there is Jesus is Lord. Right. So when we, again, all Christians say Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And then they don't do what he says, which is the very thing that Jesus said was a problem. Yeah. But if he's Lord, then he's Lord of your family. He's Lord of the public square. He's Lord of business. He's Lord of creation. He's Lord of all of it. That's right. And so that's what we're saying is like, so what is, what does what obedience to him look like in these various spheres? What does obedience look like to, in these various areas? He's the Lord. He's the Lord who has saved us from our sins. That's right. He is the Lord who made us in the beginning. So he knows our original factory settings. He knows what the optimal settings are. Yeah. He knows how we're made, what we're made for. And, our, and he knows our temptation. And he knows our temptation. Yep. And he also knows where sin wants to get in and, yep. and mess it all up. And so, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is with the garden imagery, uh, Knox, is that at the end of Revelation, you have this picture of the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven to earth. Mm-hmm. First of all, notice that. Yeah. The kingdom is not a space shuttle taking off, going to another dimension. You better preach, preacher. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is coming down out of heaven mm. to earth. Mm. And it's like a bride adorned for her husband. Preach, and, preach but up. in that in that that city, it's, it turns out as you look closer, it's a garden city. Mm-hmm. It's got, there's not just one tree of life. Now there's trees of life lining the river that's running out of the city. Um, so it's, it is that garden yeah. glorified mm-hmm. and it's coming down out of heaven to earth where God and man are once, once again, reconciled. That's the picture. All things being renewed, all things um, being reformed, all things mm-hmm. being glorified. And so again, Jesus is God. That's a totally political thing. Yes, it is. It's like, we're, and again, we're not talking about just like policy. 
Right. We're talking about all of it. We're talking about the FBI. We're talking yeah. about um, DC public schools. We're yeah. talking about Mar-a-Lago. We're talking. Yes. We're talking about inflation because Jesus is God. Speaking of revelation, so Dr. Phil Kaiser, who's coming up yeah. here in a minute, he actually has this great quote talking about. He says, "Gnostics want to escape from the world, but Revelation, the Book of Revelation, calls us to conquer, not to escape. It's the kingdom of heaven invading the world and overcoming the curse and giving the world to King Jesus. Right. That's." The revelation. We right. don't. We don't believe in a Gnostic gospel that we where we want to escape. We don't believe in this retreatist right. gospel. We right. believe in a world where God's kingdom's coming and it's going to change everything. Yeah, I also think that we need to be thinking about when we talk publicly, when we talk about what's wrong in society, when we talk about how to fix things in society. We're talking political or politics, anything. We need to say, well, first of all, that is rejection of who's God. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Right. He's the one who set the standard. Right. This is how the standard should go. That's right. And everybody else needs to repent to that. Yep. And if we want Christian or if we want human flourishing, <laughs> then Christians need to believe that my biggest problem has been trying to get Christians to say, well, what is God's law? Right. right. What, does God, say what does God say on the subject? And right. then how do we apply that from the scriptures? Right. It right. seems like pulling teeth. Yeah. They will fight critical race theory and deconstruct it to death. But when you ask them, hey, what do we do right. yep. in order to put a positive way? What does the normal look like? Yep. They have no idea or they run away from it right. or they just say things like gospel, gospel, gospel. And it's like, but what you is go that? back and listen to some of our shows with Jonathan Lehman, Mark oh, Charles. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was the one of the recent ones? Um, I can't, I can't remember. Christian now, but, nationalism. Yeah, guy. Christian nationalism. That's a very, that's but, a good example but, too. Yeah. Uh, most Christians run from the from being able to apply the word of God directly to the situation, mm-hmm. and it's it's not the pagans who are having a problem knowing Jesus God. They know that they reject them. The Christians. Right. That's why the they're making it up as they go along. <laughs> they, like, know. I mean, they know. There's no yeah. God, so it's, they're making it up. They are gods. It's the Christians who are having a problem following through with the reality of their salvation. That's right. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God. Live like it. Talk like it. And apply it to everything. I don't That's care right. what's going on. FBI, CIA. So Christians, climb down from the tree. We got Join Phil, us. Phil Kaiser is coming up next. We're going to talk to him about Jesus being God and why people have a problem with it in Christendom. More Cross Politic coming up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. This one's been a long time coming. Uh-oh. I'm excited about this interview. Yeah. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. First, let's talk about our guys at Armored Republic. Yes. We love these guys. They truly love the Lord. Amen. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve their God-given rights. In the Armored Republic... And actually, in the whole cosmos, there's no king but Christ. Facts! We are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. They create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he has bestowed upon us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. So visit them at AR, the number 500, AR500, armor. Dot com. That's right. We're really grateful to have with us on the show right now, Dr. Philip Kaiser. 
Philip Kaiser is pastor, author, counselor with a focus on detailed biblical scholarship and the international church. Phil Kaiser personally studied under Greg Bonson, Gordon Clark, John Frame, Jay Adams, mm. and has an MDiv from Westminster Theological Seminary and a PhD from Whitfield Theological Seminary. He serves on the board of the Bonson Project as professor of ethics at Whitfield Theological Seminary and on the board of the Pickering Foundation of Biblical Preservation, an evangelical think tank preserving the texts of Scripture. Mm. Dr. Kaiser, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. You're very welcome. Pleased to be here. So, you know, it's one thing to try to convince unbelievers that they should obey God's law or that God's law is best for society. But I think we actually have a bigger problem. <laughs> How do we convince Christians that God's law is actually best for our society? Yeah, that is a that is a tough one, especially since so many Christians have uh, been inundated with false theologies. You know, you've got dispensationalism that says that the Old Testament's great, but it's got to wait for a future kingdom. But hey, we're in the kingdom. If you can convince people of that, you're partway there. And then pietists, you know, they uh, have their personal experience trumping the biblical law. And so you've got hundreds of thousands of standards instead of one. And when you point out some of the problems with no standard whatsoever, when you've got all of these conflicting subjective standards, I think that can help to move people forward. But mm. one of the most frustrating things for me is the radical two kingdom theology that uh, <laughs> came out of my former seminary in Westminster Standard yep. mm. uh, Westminster Seminary. Oh, my. Uh, these people, many of them, have substituted biblical law for uh, uh, natural law for biblical law, and it has created a mess. Uh, and I, I think there's misunderstandings as well of what exactly biblical law looks like and how it would be applied. And so there's a lot of reasons why right. people are tentative about following uh, biblical law, but I think we're actually living in exciting times when all alternatives are beginning to crumble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. true. that's true, Doctor Kaiser. So, what um, what about somebody like I, I'm I'm just pulling a name out of the air here, but uh, somebody like David French, who's uh, well known, sort of as a can we not? No, we, we're going to. I don't, just, I don't even like saying his name in the come studio. On. We, <laughs> we, uh, just saying. He's, he's a professing conservative, reformed Christian. I think he's a member of a PCA Did church. Did conservative? Okay, I'm sure. I'm, I'm going to. Mm, come on now. I've been gone too long. I'm going to shut up. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and he, he's somebody who's arguing, uh, you know, I think at least he thinks he's arguing from Christian principles that, you know, Christians need to defend drag queens in libraries. Uh, reading to children because he's a classical liberal the first yeah. amendment or because yeah. if, if you don't let them do their thing in public, then you won't be able to rally around the flagpole and or pray in public pray or, whatever, in public yeah. or uh -huh. something. What, what, what do you say again? It doesn't have to necessarily be about French unless you know about his convictions, but somebody like that, that, that position seems to be kind of mainstream um, among many Christians, may, many who call themselves reformed. Is that two kingdom theology acting out? Is that pietism or is that something else? Oh, my. People are confused even on the issue of rights. They they want to defend everybody's rights, uh, but there really can't be any concept of rights unless God defines them. I mean, mm. you can't have punishment. Like, people might say, this person needs to be punished for violating somebody else's rights. Well, the moment you punish somebody with a fine, uh, you're taking away the concept of inalienable rights to property, or you... Mm -hmm. 
uh, do any other kind of a punishment. So I, instead of thinking of natural rights or uh, 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 rights that are inalienable, like the Constitution talks about, I like to uh, speak about imputed rights, codified rights that God has codified in the Scripture, mm. and God's the one who defines that. So the right to the tree of life is not given to everybody. The right to eat, we have an altar from which we eat that they do not have the right to. Paul says, don't I have a right to take a wife with me like the other apostles did? So we do have rights, but not everybody has a right to a wife, uh, take a wife along if they've been falsely divorced or something like that. Mm. And so the Bible circumscribes exactly what those rights are. They're God-given rights, but they're defined by the Scripture, and they are limited by the Scripture as well. And I think until we get rid of this idea of natural rights or inherent rights, mm. uh, we're not going to get anywhere with some of these Christians. Oh, so how do you do that? Because that's fascinating. I love how you just did that. How do you start working through a Christian who holds that position to get them to become more biblical and less secular? Because that's a secular idea of rights, correct? Right. I I always uh, use the twofold apologetic. Don't answer a man according to his folly. I always define everything from the scripture and then when they reject that and they they default to what they've been trained in i keep asking why uh why would you even think these people have rights how do you define that who gave those rights and uh, bring them back to the the fact that unless you're going back to the bible and god defines things you're going to end up with irrationalism and that's one of the reasons i think um bonson's apologetic which is just a refinement of anti-apologetic is so cool um, he he really filled out the first part of that don't answer a man according to his folly beautifully uh, by uh, giving so many concrete answers in the scripture. One of the things that we're working on in Biblical Blueprints is showing how the axioms for, uh, well, we've only gone through about a dozen, but we've started with 60 plus disciplines. 100% of the axioms of mathematics are in the Bible. Hmm. statistics, probability, logic. I could teach an entire college-level course on logic without leaving the Bible. Uh, so these axioms are are there, and you can't even prove axioms if you're not going to the Scripture, because those, by definition, would require an omniscient mind to know that they work. Hmm. So in terms of apologetic, we've got what it takes, and, and, and there's more and more of this coming out in the Scripture. We've got what it takes to do the first part, don't answer a man according to his folly when they reject it. It's so easy to show the irrationality and the lack of foundation that they have for saying anything. And, that, and it's actually crum crumbling. I went to the website of uh, Ohio's department. Mm -hmm. I am not kidding. They are claiming you're a racist if you insist that two plus two always has to equal four. <laughs> and so even mathematics is crumbling in the secular world because wow. the Frank school's influence, you know, on yeah. critical race theory. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I want to play a game with you for a minute uh -huh. on this, because when we often talk about, you know, theonomy, God's law, we're always trying to on our show. We're always trying to like, hey, we want this to be as like practical as possible. Um, and not just kind of up uh, this kind of uh, philosophy of theonomy. We wanted to come at our fingertips. And so, how would how would you handle you know the current IRS um, uh, situation? I don't know if you if you've been following, but the Inflation Act includes you know uh, new money for the IRS to basically hire supposedly up to about eighty seven thousand new IRS agents. 
you know, how, how would we're theonomist and, and we know that it's, it's, we, we can't just all of a sudden plunk God's law in the midst of all this mess for one, it never, no one would receive it. Um, but at the same time, how would we Christians kind of sort through and, and biblically think through what the IRS and, and kind of these practical scenarios that get thrown our way every day? Well, uh, again, using both sides of the apologetic, I would use some of the things that they claim to hold to the Constitution. Article 1, Section 1 says that all legislative powers herein granted uh, shall be vested in the Congress. Well, the Congress, that word vested means it cannot be delegated. Mm-hmm. And so if it can't be delegated, you can't give it to the agencies to do. Mm-hmm. You can't give it to the president. Uh, you can't give it to the courts to legislate. Well, that means all of the agencies that are out there are blatantly unconstitutional. There's really no basis for the IRS anyway. But then I would say on the other side, what kinds of tax do the Bible allow? If you just took the one head tax that the Bible authorized, um, I calculated that in the year 1900, even though that was a grossly unconstitutional budget, you would have, I think it was like a $100 million surplus just by every male 20 years and above paying one silver coin per year. <laughs> and so uh, to, to do the kinds of things that a theonomic state would be allowed to do, you would have excess just from the one tax that was given there. Wow. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> cool cool down over there, no. Just yeah. drop, cool drop down. that drop that bomb. <laughs> what, what is that what is that silver coin equivalent to? Uh that would be equivalent to a one ounce coin of uh, of silver today. And so part of the calculation I think you should, uh, part of the part of the calculation I think you're running is you're saying we we have to also get rid of all the areas of government that's not biblical, that's not sanctioned by God. And that's part of the calculation running when you said that. Is that correct? Well, actually, no. Uh, if, if even using the unconstitutional bloated government that we had in 1900, that one coin would have funded all of that and had a surplus. So, uh, I'm interested. have grown since then. Yeah. Even 1900, it was an unconstitutional, ungodly, unbiblical government. It still would have funded that. Of course, not that coin was not supposed to go just to the federal government. It was to fund all local and yeah. all the way other, up. Yeah, all the way up. So I'm and I'm curious about what you said at the beginning of your answer. You said the word "vested" in Article One, Section One, Section yeah. One means mm-hmm. that it cannot be delegated. I, I've never right. I've never heard that before. Where, where where are you getting that from? Yeah, well, that's just a dictionary definition of vested. Uh, <laughs> but if you look, uh, I've got what I've called the, the founders constitution, and it goes phrase by phrase, everything in the constitution, and gives hundreds of quotations from the people who put it together and from the debates. So you know exactly what the constitution means. What's uh, that book? The Founders Constitution. It's a multi-volume set that you can buy from Amazon. It's uh, it's it's a, a cool resource for arguing with people who say, "Yeah, this is constitutional." I talk with our uh, senators and our congressmen and say, "You know what you did? Did you just realize was that was unconstitutional?" Hmm. Oh no, my my lawyer said it was constitutional. Uh, I'll pull out this book and show them what the original intent. It just blows them away. They have no idea of the original intent of the Constitution. Wow. So, okay. all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tag on on the game. Yeah. What what does God's word say? about the FBI raiding Trump's house. 
uh, I, it would say that this is grossly unbiblical. It's an <laughs> overreach of, uh, of power. Uh, you know, it's just politics. This goes all the way back to FDR. He, he was one of the first ones, but used uh, the FBI and the IRS very yep. effectively yep. to put all of his opponents in place. Mm. And uh, many, many uh, uh, presidents have done that since that time. Don't forget Dr. Woodrow Curtis, Wilson. Hold on, that one. hold on one yep. second. We're going to talk to you backstage. We got more game. We're going to talk about inflation. Oh, we got yeah, more I, game I, here. I want to talk about the kingdom, too. I'm oh, going to convince okay. me of the but kingdom. We're also supposed to plug the Bonson Institute Fall Conference. October yes. 21st. Apologetics. Go to bonsoninstitute.com slash 2022 conference. Uh, Alan Strange is going to be talking about, I don't know, something great. Go there. It's Alan Strange. Go. <laughs> um, you might want to sign up and become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member because it's going to be lit in the backstage. <laughs> if you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work.